0: Hello, Vincent John here, creator of Little Town of Rainbow. just want to say thank you for listening. And before we begin, I wanted to dedicate this episode to London the dog, who was with me half my life for the last 17 years. And if you like this show, the story, Little Town of Rainbow, just know that he was always there to help write it. This last ten or so years, I've been working on it. So, love you, London. Always. And thanks. And hey, let's begin the show. Chapter 4. Espear Moon. A body in motion stays in motion. Is widely considered as fact. I, however have often contemplated its validity, for even in motion my body has always desired rest. I've never experienced excitement, energy, or joy in the ways other people easily accepted those emotions, as if it were at the forefront of their being. My desires, if there were any left, must have been submerged deep down within me. Example, what came immediately to others, an excited glee or arousal from seeing an object or person, took myself seconds to comprehend what was before me, and even then I'd have to muster a smile. As a child, I'd watch in utter amazement as other children laughed at finding simple objects and then made games out of those ridiculous contraptions keep their paltry minds occupied. Their ignorance infuriated me. Not so much that their feeble brains derived pleasure from playing with sticks and stones, but that I would also have to partake and pretend to find amusement in their silliness. One day the time comes when those children grow up and busy themselves of hierarchies, classes Statures, governments, kings and queens, large houses, and social standing. Continuing the circle of senselessness. I do suppose even the best of us are guilty of such lunacy. All our deeds are done in the hopes that achievements might bring about a small bit of praise. That one day, someone, somewhere, after we are dead, might bring us up in conversation. Oh yeah, Mr. Gerald Parsons was a fine fellow, a real hell of a man, tough too. He fought a lot of battles to get that agriculture bill passed. Hear, here for good old Parsons. Anyway, fella, did you see that barkeep with the auburn hair? Oh, I'd like to make her mine before the night is over and before my missus finds out. I surmise that it is indeed a fear of death that drives us to do the most mundane of work. It's legacy that people spend their entire lives living for. Bloody fools. All of us. When the Lord returns, none of these things will matter one iota. Achievements of glory won't count for anything in the new world. The only deeds that will matter are of the things you did for good that someone other than yourself might prosper. Someone without power or esteem. Someone who in fact needed your help. And these people of Rainbow needed my help. Whether they knew it or not. Because for longer than I'd care to remember, I too shook a tambourine in the bask of moonlight. It is what my parentage directed me to do. As their forebears trained them. And as the bloodline before that deceived us all. The Little Town of Rainbow Written by Vincent John and performed by Luke Welland, Natalie Lewis, and Cornelius Perry, Jr. After my shower of affection by the Assembly, I was led through dark and damp narrow halls, and then through doors and more doors, then finally down a staircase that descended into a room where Ramsey and the twelve other members of what they called... The Rainbow Assembly sat. Bounds of books and a large circular oak table took up most of the room. Engraved in stone walls were petroglyphs of people bowing before a setting sun, with a rainbow cascading the sky. Mayor Ramsey, noticing my gaze, shouted, "Stand ''Stand where you are!'' The other members of Rainbow Assembly did not introduce themselves, Instead, they each took their turn giving emotionless expressions, with faces long and depressed, eyes dark and hollow, matching the black velvet robes they wore for clothing. I stared at the half-moon dream catcher behind Ramsay's right shoulder, trying very hard to render the room invisible. We will now ask you some questions being as you wandered directly into our borders and stand before us without the invitation. Ramsey spoke. Sir, I meant no offense in entering your land. I did not even know of its existence. I was lost and on the verge of death. I am just thankful you all saved my life. I eagerly replied. Shut your mouth. You will only speak when asked a direct question. Ramsey responded in a strikingly calm tone of voice. Is your name Henrik Johansson? He continued. I took time chewing the options, giving the appearance I was in debate with. After waiting a moment too long, I blurted out, No, that is not my name. An already quiet room became soundless as their eyes darted back and forth at one another. I readied myself with a reply but waited for the natural follow-up question. Then why is your face plastered on wanted posters in the next county under that fraudulent name? Sir, that is is because I killed a man by the name of Johansson and took his identity for myself. Give one truth and one lie. The truth was Henrik Johansson was not my name. The lie was that I killed a man to obtain it. There were no gasps or shrieks, for I was standing before individuals who offered their own as a sacrifice to pagan deities for a good harvest. Though assuming ignorance of these things and their customs, I hurriedly followed up with, but Johansson was a coward and a predator of young children. Only decent fact about the man is his name. I did this world a service, ridding him from existence. Feigning to catch my breath while simultaneously not breathing, gave the illusion I was telling the truth, but nervous I would not be believed, that they frustrated and intimidated me. Though at this point fear was gone, and so whom, whoever I once was. I am a cowardly killer who stole identities. All I have is an obstacle to be hurdled repeatedly until the job is finished. There is no longer I. "'but only Henrik Johansson. "'With this renewal of self-confidence, "'I allowed the thirteen members of Rainbow Assembly "'to sink their hooks into me. "'The shadows circling their eyes in the conjuncture "'with dark sackcloths they wore gave the illusion "'I was standing before a group of gravediggers. "'I imagined this pleased them. "'A silver-haired woman seated to the left of Ramsey "'pursed her lips before speaking,' In exaggerated southern tones, where is your lineage, son? For heavens above and hell below, I cannot make out the origin of your ancestry. Sheepishly, I gazed at my feet before answering. That is, ma'am, because I lived with many relatives, for my father passed when I was a child. Ramsey interjected, Answer the question. "'In truth, I know little of my ancestry. "'I was born in New Hampshire, and we are German, "'or at least that is what they have told me.' "'Ah,' said the silver-haired serpent, "'you are a damn Yankee half-breed. "'A pity, for I thought you something more tasteful.' "'A few at the table laughed, and speaking among themselves, said, "'We savoured our fair share of Yankee blood, and "'Old Catherine wanted a new flavour of meat.' Upon hearing this, the silver-haired lady who presumably was Catherine looked at her fellow members, licked her lips, and smiled. Visibly, I shuddered to add salt to their meal. A balding man clutching a very large tomb stood up, opened the book upon the table, and asked in the most somber of voices what my plans were here, if they allowed me residency in Rainbow. The answer was short just to survive. The somber, bald-headed man once again spoke, asking what were my beliefs in this world. What do you believe, sir, in regards to the hereafter? Do you believe in the immortal? What are your plans after death? After death? uh uh-huh. I haven't thought that far. Maybe it is sooner than you think and you should start planning for it. "'Ramsey said, annoyed. "Um, "'Well, I believe in God, if that's what you mean.' "'The somber man let out a groan. "'No, sir, that is not of what I mean.' "'He looked around the table before saying, "'It will be troublesome for an ignorant man like he to fully grasp our ideals. "'He is already too old to be taught.' "'Indeed,' The unhappy bald man was right. I would never grasp their stupidity. For over an hour, events proceeded in this fashion, I being asked trivial questions and responding with nervous proclamations. I do not know how my performance was received, if they believed any word or thought me a liar. What I realize now is that it made no difference either way. Things were winding down, and maybe sensing his cohorts going a little easy on me, Ramsey sighed and asked, Did you have any dealings with a uh, Jimmy Williams? Like a low-ranked officer in the army, I quickly responded, Sir, I did not, nor do I know a Jimmy Williams. A wandering fool like yourself did not search into the mines that inhabit this area, amid winter and snow? Yes, sir, I did. Elaborate. For shelter, as you may imagine, but only for an hour or two. An hour or two, Ramsey repeated to himself. Yes, sir, that is correct. Obviously, the question was hypothetical, but it gave the opportunity to display ignorance. Well, someone has killed a man by the name of Jimmy Williams, who was an exemplary member of Rainbow. The youngest person at the table, a woman around the age of 25 with uneven lengths of dark hair, audibly scoffed for the entire room to hear. She then looked at me with a slight smile. Her hair, being so unnaturally dark, gave the image of a little raven in human form, albeit a beautiful raven. However, I thought to myself, how the hell could someone so youthful be sitting at this table? Ramsey ignored my thoughts and continued, And now you show up on the eve of Christmas in need of shelter. All this seems a little too biblical for my taste. Ramsey looked around the table, then shrugged. I don't know what to make of him. No denying the easiest route would be to kill him, but it leaves the possibility of never knowing if he is friend or foe. A very large man with a boisterous voice laughed and said, No one as dim-witted as this vagabond before us could be considered a friend. I smiled to myself when he grew red as the rest of the assembly completely ignored his attempt at camaraderie. An often reoccurrence in his life, I'm sure. The feathered creature-like woman, furthering her bird-like appearance, continued gawking at me, head tilted as a bird before swallowing a worm. I had enough. After the whirlwind of agony I went through the previous couple of days, my body felt in shambles, and it was too painful to continue standing. Thankfully, Hector spoke. Then, we are to deliberate the matter of this boy's survival. He knows of our whereabouts, and I, for one, am not willing to release him back into the wild so others can find our rainbow. Mm. Once again, I shall state killing him is the easy choice, Ramsay added. Uh, To kill him is the only choice, interjected the large man, trying to redeem himself. Once again, no one paid notice to his words. Perhaps it was his tone of voice, which caused everything he said to sound as child whimpering for milk that made those around him filter out his voice from their minds. Possibly, it was just that he was stupid. I lifted my hand to speak and quietly said, "Uh, Forgive me, but was I not just deemed clean and made anew in the church? Please, don't end my life when I am no threat. Huge gamble on my part. If you correctly remember, when faced with the task of forming a lie to sound believable, never bring attention to the very subject you want the listener of your story to imagine. When I say I am no threat, the natural next line of thinking is what if he is a threat? But Henrik Johansen is meek, so in turn I must make meek examples of my character. Well, we cannot let him be as he stands. The ravenous young woman proclaimed and then continued, Yes, we chanted over him and placed hands, and though now the flesh may be clean, the spirit does not seem as cleansed. I will not feel safe until someone washes him. Body and soul. She finished and then once again gave me a crooked smile. The silver-haired serpent Catherine nodded and said, Well done, Clara. We must cleanse him deeply and with vigor. Little raven Clara bowed, accepting her praises. If only I could vomit on the table before them. To be cleansed sounded as idiotic and painful as they hoped. One by one, the members of the table nodded in agreement. Ramsey also nodded, picking up on the energy of the room before saying, An unkempt spirit may lie dormant within him. At the very least, we must rid him of the hindrance. For the boy's sake. An hour later, I was tied to a post, being whipped continuously, as Clara offered up or down prayers on my behalf. Hector read aloud the rules and regulations of Rainbow Town. Rule number one, you are not to leave the protective border walls of Rainbow without the complete understanding and permission of all 13 members of our town's elders. Doing so without permission or knowledge from the elders will cause for your immediate death. Rule number two, you are to obey every command given to you but not limited by elder members of Rainbow. Being as you will be the newest member of Rainbow, there will be many peoples you will have to answer to and obey. Disobeying an order or obeying an order to unsatisfactory results will be cause for your immediate death. Three, you are not to make a nuisance of yourself or cause distraction to the other members of this town. Doing either will be cause for your immediate death. I stared at puke, splattered across the floor mixing with my blood, and stopped altogether listening to what Hector had to say. There was no need to hear the rest of the rules. I can only assume it all led to my inevitable death. With each lash, I fixed my gaze on the falling snowflakes, swirling through the frosty air. How I wished one of them could have carried me up to the heavens, setting free of these mortal chains." but some things were too much to ask for. Instead, I would live. I concluded that the city hall was some ritualistic temple, not a place to pass laws and hold court proceedings, but a place of secret worship, though I knew that already. I knew before taking a step through its doors, before seeing the splendor and money that is rainbow, and before I practically died from the howling winds of the barren desert. I have known of different rainbows the entirety of my life. Since infancy, I've known men like Ramsey, coming and going through my home as my parents worshipped whatever deity was in popular opinion at the time. Behind closed doors, amongst their true friends, members of my family would parade around in brightly colored garments and cut the palms of their hands for the golden statues to taste the blood it required as we, the children of the moon, shook our tambourines and watched in horror at the transfiguration our parents took on a nightly basis. Violently dancing, barely clothed, twisting and shouting, exposing their bodies, their inner thoughts, and the hatred they held for all, especially their children. Whenever the sun departed from the sky and the silver of moonlight took hold upon the earth. My throat would swell, my fingers and legs would ache, and a loathly despair ate at the entrails of my core, selfishly pleasing themselves at the cost of their own children. The problem with people like my family and these of Rainbow is never thinking themselves selfish, but enlightened. Enlightened. Three years' time it took roaming the godforsaken waste, and finally I entered the beginning of my assignment. Information. The second part would take a little more time, I estimated. And the final act, I have not the faintest idea. I do not know if the administrators of my journey were still alive, let alone still concerned with this mission. Presumably, by now, they have moved on to bigger, and more productive works that would further their illustrious careers. One's easier than a mission to subdue heathens in the desert. Take each day as it comes, and remember my training. I could gather information at a later date, a much later date, it appears, for Ramsey had some inclination I might be an espier. Why he lets me live is beyond me. My plan, though of little significance now, was to scout the town from afar and, if worse came to worse, appear as a beggar. But now I am truly a beggar, and a beggar I would stay until times... This has been The Little Town of Rainbow. It is available wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like The Little Town of Rainbow, please share with your friends. It helps independent creators to reach an audience and continue to tell stories for free. Thank you.